We are back with another episode of the Tide Talk Podcast. As always, Stacey Blackwood here with Jake Thomas. Jake, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's bittersweet today. Uh, as everybody knows about Kobe, and uh, I really hate it. But we also got a special guest on tonight. So if you want to go ahead and introduce him, we'll do. We'll uh, hey, do I was I was going to give you the honors of of introducing him, man. Hey, well, I'm uh, I'm glad to have, and I do not remember your last name now, <laughs> but uh, but we got big Bama Hoops fan, uh, Anthony, the Jesu. It's the Jesu, but you were pretty close. I appreciate I appreciate the effort uh, there. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, yeah, I like how I handed that off to Jake, so I wouldn't butcher. The so last you wouldn't name. have to butcher it. I like that. I like that a lot. Hey, I I, I did my best, but as as if you're a big Bama Hoops fan, you seen you seen Anthony on 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 the TV screen all the time, man. And, and this dude and the rest of the guys, man, and the student session, man, they give their hearts out to, to the fan and to the, to the players. And, and we absolutely love it. Y'all. I'd never, uh, never thought I'd meet a bigger Alabama basketball fan than myself until I started going to games in the student section, until I started meeting all you guys on Twitter and all of y'all's support on uh, Bama hoops is amazing. Like I, I never thought I'd see uh, so many people really support and come around this program, like uh, the people I've met in these past couple of years. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, and it seems like the last I don't know what maybe three three to five years. It, it really kind of started the probably the second year under Avery Johnson when the student section really started, you know, kind of getting big and loud and, and showing up to games. And but this this season, it's just been it's been incredible and. Uh, but before we, we before we dive into all of that, we do obviously today is, has been a kind of a, a rough day for, for basketball fans or you know really just sports fans in general. And uh, you know Kobe Bryant uh, passed away today and, and his 13 year old daughter and some other people in a helicopter accident. So uh, that's uh, that's tough as as a kid that grew up watching Kobe and uh, I, I got to see Michael Jordan. Uh, you know kind of in his, his later years with the Bulls as, as a kid growing up in the 90s and and then watching Kobe Bryant uh, kind of take over uh, the reins and, uh, you know, take the bull by the horn uh, for the NBA and carry that league along with Shaq. Uh, uh, it's just uh, – it's sad. I, I, I don't know. It's it's almost like I lost a family member, how it's hit me, and I don't really know how to explain it. But, but right now we are going to take a – you know, kind of a – we're going to try to time it out to be a 24-second – uh, moment of silence to just kind of pay tribute to Kobe and and appreciate what he done for uh, for the NBA and you know it's just a privilege and honor to watch him play and, and he's done a great job outside of basketball so we're going to do a quick 24 second moment of silence All right, so we appreciate y'all hanging in there for those brief brief moment while we pay tribute to Kobe and and before we you know this is obviously an Alabama podcast but before we dive into uh, to some Bama hoops we do want to kind of talk a little bit about Kobe and kind of what he meant to each of us. So uh, Anthony, since you're our guest, uh, we'll kind of start with you. Uh, kind of what is uh, your 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 best memory of Kobe? Uh, you know, as a basketball player. Yeah, so growing up, uh, you know, Kobe's main prime, his number eight prime years, I was a little too young to uh, 
really remember him coming up through the NBA and when he was number eight and his run with Shaq. But um, I was actually more of a Celtics fan uh, back when the Celtics had the big three with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Um, I idolized those three guys. And so kind of growing up, I really didn't like Kobe that much um, just because, you know, they were going against each other. It seemed like it was a couple of years in a row in the uh, NBA Finals. But as uh, those were my favorite memories of a Kobe as I matured when I realized that I just gained so much respect for how the way he played basketball and how he uh, took himself to the game and um, all the enthusiasm he brought through the game. And he, he was just he's the most fierce competitor I think I've ever seen in the game of basketball. And as I matured and uh, watched him more, I watched his highlights, I, I just gained more and more respect uh, for the way he just brought brought about himself and uh, the way he played throughout his whole career. Yeah, Jake, or Anthony, that's uh, the, his his competitive spirit, I, and I think that's kind of what Nick Saban, uh, you know, pointed to when he when he actually uh, released a statement this afternoon regarding the, the death of Kobe Bryant and just his competitive spirit and his drive to be, uh, you know, the best. And oh, one hundred percent. That he's kind of, and I was actually talking to my dad this afternoon. I I gave him a call to to see if he had heard the news and. And uh, you know, of course, he was he was shaken by this. He's a, he's a huge basketball fan, and uh, you know, he he said, you know, that he's kind of the, the last guy with that kind of mentality that Kobe had. You know, that old school mentality of just, you know, in today's NBA, it's you know, with the with low management and and, and all that kind of stuff. Kobe was kind of the a dying breed uh, as far as the the competitive spirit and the drive to to just be successful and be the best that he could be. Uh, so that's that's probably what I remember most about about him. Uh, what, what about you, Jake? Hey, everything that you guys have said um, is one hundred percent correct um, about Kobe. And uh, the the one thing that uh, that I remember uh, the most um, was the um, the eighty one point game he had, and and I remember um, that game vividly. I mean, he and it, it was crazy because I believe going into the fourth quarter. Uh, the LA there was playing Toronto that night, and they was losing. Even and he was, I think, in the maybe sixties at this point. And uh, but they come back and won, and he shot he shot eighteen or twenty from the uh, foul line, seven to thirteen from three point range, and twenty eight or forty six shooting. And I mean, he he just lit it up, and and it was amazing to watch because. You know, nobody – I don't think anybody's done that since David Robinson did in 94. And, you know, Wilt Chamberlain always a record of having 100, 100 points in the game. But uh, but him doing that, man, that was incredible to watch. Yeah, uh, probably – that was obviously a very memorable moment. And, uh, you know, I remember I was young. I was probably seven or eight when Kobe got into the to the league. And, and I'll be honest with you. The first part of his career, I was not really a fan because I grew up, you know, at that time I was idolizing Michael Jordan. And mm-hmm. Kobe was kind of that next guy. So uh, it, it really took, you know, into my, you know, I was probably 12, 13 years old and I started just recognizing, you know, what kind of competitor Kobe Bryant was. And, and it, you just you just really appreciated the way he played the game of basketball. And, mm-hmm. uh he was a phenomenal player, but as far as a single game, I never will forget when he tore his Achilles and then he went and he drained made the his two free, free throws. throws. That, that that's is a wild moment in sports history, right? There. I mean, that's just it. 
I mean, only Kobe Bryant. I mean, really, that's that that's that's the most Kobe Bryant thing uh, that that I can. It's just amazing, and uh, you know, it just it just goes to show that you you never know when it's your time to go. I mean, he, he was forty one years old, and you know, he was really making a difference outside of basketball since he retired a couple of years ago. And uh, it's just uh, you know, just just last night. You know, LeBron James passed him on the all-time scoring list, and you know he's tweeting at him and congratulating him. And then just a few 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 hours later, he, he's gone, and uh, it's just it's just a sad day. And uh, it's going to take a few days to kind of to kind of regroup and get over this. To be honest with you, I agree a hundred percent. And um, the way he affected not only uh, the NBA community but how he affected the world with um, with basketball. I can't remember his name. The uh, the uh, New York Knicks, um, who calls the New York Knicks game, he told a story that he was in uh, China for the Olympics, I believe, and he, um, he had an NBA shirt on, and um, he was in a cab getting a ride somewhere, and the guy, uh, his cab driver, spoke, spoke very broken down English, and he noticed the NBA logo on his shirt. He pointed at the uh, NBA logo, and he said, NBA, NBA, down in his broken English, and he kind of nodded and said, yeah. The uh, cab driver said, Kobe, Kobe. And he's like, yes, I do know Kobe Bryant. And the taxi driver pulled off, uh, pulled off to the side and just started breaking down and crying just, just because he met somebody that knew Kobe Bryant. And that just kind of gives you an idea of the impact he had into the game or just all around the world, really. And, and one, uh, there's a couple of things I wanted to mention real quick about Kobe. Um, one of the things I've seen today um, was I remember – when uh, I think it was Matt Barnes, he was trying to pass the ball in, and and Kobe was right in his face, and and Matt like tried to throw the ball in his face, like fake to throw the ball in his face, and Kobe never flinched. He just said they just looked at him. And the and the other thing, and this is Kobe's comparative spirit, like y'all talked about. Uh, you know, he stayed with the Lakers even when later in the years when he was when when they was down, and they weren't doing, you know, they weren't winning, but like 20, 30 games. And I remember at one point. You know, he was he called in his own camera. He he said, you know, that was soft and uh, talking about the team, you know, how how bad they were playing. You know, he he was a competitor. They they wasn't living up or doing what they needed to do uh, to to win. He called him out. And that's just his, his competitive nature. And, and that's what I remember most about him. Yeah, it's he, he's definitely going to be missed. And, and like I mentioned before, he's kind of the the last of you know, are one of the last of those type of players. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what more we can say. It's, it's just a sad day. And, uh, you know, I think, I think all of us are going to remember, you know, what we were doing and where we were at, uh, when we got that, uh, notification on our, on our iPhones, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, it's just a crazy day. And I, I, I'm still really in disbelief to be honest. It's just one of those things where you you just think some people are just bigger than life, that nothing can touch them. And I, I tweeted about this earlier that um, he's one of those guys that he's so big, you don't think anything can get to him and anything like this could uh, could happen to him. And then something like this happens and you just real it kind of brings you down to earth a little bit like, hey, we are all human and these things happen and it's just a terrible and a terrible thing and just a sad day for everybody in the um, in the world for sure i agree 100 yeah well i mean i hate to i hate to 
because I could talk about Kobe for for probably an hour. And yeah. so, so, but, but, uh, I think we paid tribute to him and, uh, obviously our thoughts and prayers are, are with his family and, and with the other people. I, I haven't seen who the other people were that were involved in the accident other than Kobe and his daughter. Uh, so obviously just, just prayers for everybody involved with that. And, uh, I know it'll take some time to, to kind of get over this and try to move on. So we just want to send our thoughts and prayers to, to the, to the families. And with that, uh, let's talk some Bama, Bama hoops. Uh, yes. Right now, yes, sir. Uh, Alabama is uh, uh, got a, got a four and two conference record. So after the uh, the struggle struggles early on in, in the season, and uh, you know, kind of trying to adjust the NATO system. That's what we talked about last week. Was how how this team has kind of turned around, and uh, you know, they're starting to find their way under NATO. And uh, but Anthony. From a from a student's perspective and, and somebody that gets to see the team, you know, kind of up close, uh, there in the student section at home games. Just uh, from from game one to uh, see what was yesterday's game, game nineteen. Uh, what what has what has been the biggest difference uh, in in the team? Well, the biggest di- biggest difference I think is what everybody else sees is um, how they've adapted into the NATO system. Right, um, you could tell they wanted to play fast at the pin game. They wanted to get up tempo, uh, shoot a bunch of transition threes. Um, but it, I mean, it didn't really work out They didn't shoot, they didn't shoot free throws very well. They were turning the ball over way too much very early. Um, they were playing fast, but they were playing sloppy. Right. And that kind of, um, that kind of hurt us at the beginning, but now each and every game they're adapting into that system and buying in more and more saying, Hey, if we get things done on the defensive end, we can turn that into transition points and, um, really open up the offensive floor where you don't have to play so much of set half court offense. And um, you can definitely tell just the confidence they're playing with and with game in and game out is, it's just been a completely huge difference and a complete 180 from what we've been seeing in years past. And really since the, um, since the uh, North Carolina game, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the team has de- definitely turned the corner since, uh, since the trip to Atlantis. And I think that's kind of what me and Jake talked about on the last podcast, or it might've been the one before that, that's kind of seemed to be the turning point of the season. And, uh, you know, like I mentioned, they're, they're four and two in conference play. Uh, you know, last Wednesday, they, they got the, the road win at the worst gym and, uh, in college basketball. Cursed Memorial gym. So, man, that is the, that is the worst. <laughs> I actually went to that game, and it, it's it's it has to be the worst designed gym in all of sports. I mean, just floor planned out. I don't know if they're all it's the spacing thing because the gym is actually connected to the football field and the baseball field, and so and you're in Nashville too, so you really don't have that much you know space to work with when building structures like that. But it has to be the worst designed gym, really venue <laughs> in all of sports. Yeah, it, it it and it looks terrible on TV. I. I, I don't know how anybody convinces uh, basketball players to go there. Why I don't know why anybody want to play in that gym, but that's just that's kind of a tangent. Uh, but more on the game, uh, obviously uh, Alabama turned the ball over what twenty five times in that game, I believe it was, and it just I mean, what kind of what? How many teams do you know of can win a basketball game when they have twenty five turnovers on the road? Uh, that's just. Uh, I, I, th- you're not going to win. 
not going to win many games turning the ball over, right? Luckily, we're, I mean, um, yeah, I'll, um, I don't need me to hate on Jerry Stackhouse and that team, but they don't have Naismith. The only thing they really have is Saban Lee. They're really not a good basketball team, and that's one of the only teams in the country you can probably afford getting away with tw- turning the ball over 25 times. Um, but if you turn the ball over that many times to anybody else in this conference, you're you're in for a rough ride. I mean, I mean it's just it is what it is. You're not going to win many games at all turning the ball over 25 times. Right. You know, and, and of course, John Petty, you know, got off to a hot start, and I think he scored 17 points in the first half. And, uh, you know, he is really – he's probably been – I don't think probably him, – him and Herb have been the most improved players on this team from where they were last year. You know, Petty has always been a guy that could maybe be hot one game, but then, you know, be missing in action for several games. So, he has finally turned himself into a consistent basketball player, and and that's on both ends of the court. He gets after it on defense. He rebounds the basketball. Uh, and, and and what's great about him rebounding the basketball, especially on the defensive end, is that he's he allow, that allows us to get out and transition, you know, e- even better than than when a big gets a rebound. So, you know, him him flying around and getting defensive rebounds is huge. Uh, you know, he had eight of those against Vanderbilt, and uh, you know, in that second half, uh, Kyra really turned on the juice. Uh, and, and and the team went on a run. Vanderbilt had cut it pretty close. I can't remember how tight it had gotten, but they had they had cut it pretty close. And and uh, then Alabama extended to ten plus, and you know they they never led by less than that uh, the rest of the way. Uh, but just uh, in Shackelford, he he he's another guy who who's who's finally you know not finally he's he's played pretty well for a freshman all year long, but he. Uh, you know, you can count on him when he goes to the free throw line, uh, but he's playing better defensively and, and rebounding the basketball. And so it's just – it's fun to watch these guys develop. That's that's the most exciting thing to me is, is the way the, the players are developing. You didn't see that under Avery Johnson. Avery Johnson can get some good players in, but the development was just not there for whatever reason. And uh, it's definitely there this season. Anthony, I was going to ask you a question. Um, how – what – is the student session more like active um, like under Nate Oates than it was with, with Avery? I know, you know, real Alabama fan loves every sport at Alabama. That's what Man States talk about all the time. We're not fogs. We we appreciate all the sports at Alabama. So well, what what's the student session like during the game? Is it more more riled up with under Oates or or is it still about the same like it was with Grant, Anthony and all and all, or Avery and all that? Yeah, so um, the Penn game, actually the first game of the year, the student turnout was actually really good. I mean, the, the whole crowd turned out really good. They're excited for the Oates era. We ended up losing that game, and we didn't really have any great competition. Plus, we were we kind of stayed fi- under 500 most of that conference. But um, ever since SEC play has started, um, really actually since the Auburn game, the students has um, students have been turning out, and they've been phenomenal. Right. They, I mean, they've been coming in and they've been giving it their all ever, ever since then. And um, like this as this team continues to win more, you're just going to see the, the turnout get greater and greater and greater. And it's it, I, it's honestly going to be um, a great impact of this in this team's success. Yeah, man. I yeah, so. I mean, no, no, notes are notes. notes. <laughs> Oates even mentioned that how uh, he. Uh, you know the 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 fans and the most notably the student section is they're educated they they know when they 
when the defense needs to stop. So so they're on their feet and they're they're getting loud and you know it's causing the the opposing team problems. So uh, uh, I as somebody I don't get to go to many games. I maybe one a year. I live in we live in North Alabama, and of course I you know I have a full time job and I have a family, so it's it's hard to, to especially the weekday games. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah. it's hard to get to those, but I'm watching on TV, and it's it's so much fun to look in the student section and see see it filled up every every home game. I mean, well, that's, everybody loves winning, right? I mean, the, right. The, the, the biggest thing is uh, to fan support is winning, and. You know, as this, I mean, this team has gone what ten and three in their last thirteen, and yeah. I've, you know, we we kind of get on to Alabama fans sometimes about, especially the the boomers, if you want to call them, kind of sitting on their hands and not making noise. But I mean, if this team continues to win, this this fan base will get behind them, and, and wherever they go, and the students especially, and if, if this keeps up, you're going to see sellout crowds more and more as this year continues. I, I agree, hundred percent, and I think I think. Uh, Oates is the right man for the job. Um, he's already got a big, big time recruit coming in next year, and uh, you know we, we talk about it a lot. But man, I would love to see what what JQ would be like on this team this year. You know, thanks NCA once again for screwing us over on that. They love uh, us, don't they? Oh yeah, but man. With, with with him coming off the bench, man, and it, it's it, it'd be great. But we got him next year, and and I and I have a good feeling that we're gonna keep. Pretty much our main core uh, next year as well, with Keon Ambrose coming in. So, man, if we if we get hot and and at least get, you know, I've seen some people say that we potentially getting a Sweet Sixteen. We had that potential this year. Next year, boy, it's going to be fun. Well, if if you had JQ eligible this year, I believe he's a starter. I mean, yeah, yeah my, he's my definitely a starter. My yeah. predicted starting five of JQ is eligible. Is you got Kyra. JQ. I mean, it's the same starting lineup, except you you put Herb coming off the bench, or not Herb, sorry, um, Jaden Shackelford all coming off the bench, and you insert JQ. You're still yeah. running kind of a small lineup, but I mean that that offense is 100 percent so much more explosive with uh with JQ in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, and and it really depends on how how he finishes out this season, but I wish so bad that Kyra Lewis. Would come back next year, and he may. I don't. I, I don't know. You never know about the about the NBA draft, but he is playing really well, uh, and and you can see, especially yesterday, when he when he puts his head down and he, and he's he wants to get to the rim, he's getting there. I mean, it's there's nothing you can do about it. Every and, coach says it about him is once he gets downhill, he's tough to stop. Right when yeah. I mean, he gets driving to the when he, like you said when he gets driving to the basket. I mean. He, he, you got to have a uh, you got to have a big time rim protector like what we ran into with uh, Nick Richards at Kentucky. I mean, it's right. going to take that to stop him once he gets to the rim. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and and when he when he gets there, uh, you know, and the defense collapses, he uh, we have guys that are able to make shots. So that's what's that's what's big for us. And that's a big development from last year. I mean, in years past, I mean. With years past, you were always kind of relying on that one guy, right? Whether it was a Colin Sexton, a Retina Basahan, a Trevor Rutherford, that that guy was going to score and get his, but you weren't going to get much offense from anybody else. Well, this year you have so many other scoring options, whether it's Reese, whether it's Shackelford, whether it's Beadle, Kyra, Petty. I mean, you have so many more options on the offensive end that it makes makes the offense flow so much more easier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And another thing I've noticed under uh, Oates is 
the development of our Herb Jones. He's always been a great defensive guy. And I still do not understand why teams try to get him one-on-one because he's going to shut him down every time. But but this year I seen uh, I seen somebody the other day on Twitter saying that you know he has not improved any. Well, his average, uh, his career uh, field goal average percentage is forty two percent. He's at forty nine percent this year. You know he he doesn't like score a lot of points, but when he does when he does get hot, he can put 10, 12, 15 up a game, and that really helps. <laughs> Yeah, Her- Herb's offensive game is uh, – and what I'm liking is his free throw shooting in the last few games. That's yeah. that's that's the biggest thing to me. Uh, oh, 100%. It's man. Improved. It's improved it's, drastically. And mm-hmm. and you fi- he looks like he's actually shooting with some confidence now. That's – that's you know, he used to look like he was scared to death to even try to shoot it. And, well, I think, and, he, and, um, I think earlier in the season he was still dealing with that wrist issue, right? And yeah. I think now, now he's getting 100% healthy, and he's and he's able to form that shot that Oates has been uh, trying to drive. In. I mean, he's 63% from the free throw line this year, which is kind of skewed. But I mean, I think two weeks ago it was it was not even I was sub 500. It, it was like it, like two weeks ago it was literally like 44% or 45%. So it's yeah, it's uh what and it and what is it was his he hyperextended his elbow the first game of the year against Penn. Yeah, and and that. Like for a month, he wasn't even able to shoot the ball in practice. So he went for a long time without shooting the ball in practice. So he wouldn't get any shots up other than what he was shooting in the game because they didn't want to overwork the elbow. So that that kind of put him put him behind a little bit. And uh, you can definitely tell that he's he's starting to find his rhythm at the free throw line, and and hopefully that can carry out to the three point line. We don't mm-hmm. need him to be a great three point shooter, but if if he can, I mean, honestly, I would be happy if he could go. One of three or one of four in a game, you know. I, well, I, just picture even, this: if he picture this, if he starts getting um, respected from the three point line, if he starts making down a couple, and then start coming out and guarding from the three point line, I mean, he, when once he gets downhill, he's he's about as good as Kyra. I mean, he can beat anybody in the country off the dri- off the dribble, and it's but um, it hasn't been happening as much because they've been backing him backing uh, off on the three point line. But once they get um, he gets teams to start respecting him from there, he. He he's an NBA player without a doubt. Oh, yeah, has- I, I, yeah, absolutely. Because like you said, when he is so long and athletic that 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 once he if he gets a step on his defender going to the basket, he's going to get to the rim because of his length. I mean, he takes one one and a half steps and he's at the rim. So uh, and, and he's getting better at finishing at the rim. And I think part of his inability to finish at the rim early in the season was was due to the injury. You see, he's finishing at the rim now, and if he's not finishing, he's getting to the free throw line, and he, and he's making those free throws count now. So that's Herb's offensive development will, will really be the key to how far this team can go, especially when you talk about the SEC tournament uh, and and possibly and hopefully the NCAA tournament. Definitely. Uh, looking ahead, though, obviously there's a huge game coming up. Uh, Wednesday night in, in Baton Rouge. And, uh, you know, obviously LSU right now is uh, the lone undefeated team in conference play. Uh, and they're not – but they're not ranked, are they? Is no. LSU's not ranked. They are not ranked. They are not nationally ranked. No. But they, they sit at 15-4 and four overall and they're 6-0 and oh in conference play. Uh, you know, and they've had, they've had several nail-biters. I think they blew one team out of – I'm trying to remember their schedule here. Every game, every game in the ICC has been um, has been a close game. I mean, they they had a couple games, even against Texas in the, in the challenge. Um, 
their last six games have been came down to uh, like four points or less. Yeah, wow. yeah, I'm, I'm I'm looking at it now here. Their last five games uh, on the on January 11th, they 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 beat Mississippi State by one. The 14th, they beat A and M by four in overtime. The 18th, they won by four against Ole Miss. The 21st, they won by two against Florida. And then, of course, uh, Saturday, they beat Texas by two. So, yes, I mean, every game has been super, super close. Uh, so, and I think a lot that's, that's going to have to do with this game is obviously rebounding because they're, they're obviously one of the better rebounding teams in the country, especially on the offensive glass. And that's something Alabama did not do good uh, or do well against uh, Kansas State with was, was protecting – your defensive rebounds and uh, that that kept Kansas State, you know, they, they were getting some second chance points and and that type of stuff. They they, they were able to get a lot of uh, offensive rebounds, and that's something Alabama cannot allow LSU to do if they want to want to keep it close and, and maybe pull out a victory Wednesday night. Oh no, coming into the season, I thought that was going to be our Achilles heel, right? I mean, we knew we knew we were going to have guards that can shoot the ball, but we we didn't have. I mean, we lost our two um, two big guys, Juwan Gary and. Um, can't even think of the second guy. Um, uh, J- James Ro- was it Rojas? James Rojas, yeah, it was Rojas to mm-hmm. um, ACL injuries, and Javion's been dealing with some injuries, and uh, you just knew we were gonna be we we're gonna be depth was gonna be our problem, and our height that was gonna be our problem. And throughout the season, we've done pretty well on the glass, and that has been attributed to uh, so many threes. We take the long rebounds; it's easier to um, to grab those rebounds when you're not having to battle inside, but. Um, it, it sparked up Saturday against Kansas State when they absolutely destroyed us on the offensive glass and kept getting second and third and fourth uh, chance opportunities. And that's how teams are going to beat us. They're going to beat us all. They're going to beat us down low on the glass, and they're going to and they're going to have to catch us cold shooting. Yeah, yeah but, uh, looking at the for, you can you you can say something after this, Shaq. I just want to point out I, I was with you going into the season, Anthony. I thought, well, we're going to struggle to rebound the ball. It's it's going to be bad. <laughs> But right now we're actually averaging more rebounds per game than, than LSU is. And, and like you mentioned, a lot of that has to do with, with a lot of long rebounds that, that we get offensively because of the three-point shot. So uh, that's definitely going to be what I'm going to be looking out for uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, and I was just going to say uh, about uh, Javon Davis, um, you know, he only played 12 minutes in the Vandy game. Of course, he got hurt, but he had seven rebounds in 12 minutes. So, I mean – He's got very good potential to uh, to be uh, a great rebounder. Uh, um, he's improved. Uh, I think he. I think he bowled, uh, Did he lose some weight during the offseason? I believe was that right? He lost, he lost a big bolt. I mean, he lost a big bolt of weight. That was the um, that was the big thing about Javion Davis coming of the year is the uh, what kind of shape Oates and that uh, and that staff put him in to be able to um, to be able to be where he is now. Uh, that's been the uh, biggest plus side on Javion. Yeah, definitely. And and another thing about rebounding is uh and I Patty, you know, he gets a ton of rebounds a game, but I've noticed in the last couple of games when he shoots the three and, and he knows it's short or he's gonna miss it, he 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 runs and goes for the rebound. I mean, he don't just sit there and and uh and stall and watch the ball, you know, hit the rim. He he's actually going back for the rebound. And uh and I mean it's it's great to see, man. everybody's doing so good, you know, Alabama. And uh, and we can only get better from here. Well, the Petty leads us in rebounds per game with seven. Mm-hmm. And, um, that that's been the big thing about Petty this year is uh, 
which is another reason why I love Oates so much, is he, he's developed Petty into an all-around basketball player, right? Earlier in the year, he was struggling a little bit from the three-point line in the first three or four games. And um, he didn't get down on himself. I mean, he was still playing great defense. He was still grabbing rebounds. He was still diving for loose balls. And that's what uh, that's why I, why I love so much about uh, Nate Oates is he's, to, he's got all these players to buy into his system. And if you play hard all around the court, offense will come. And it's showing it right now. Right. And uh, another thing uh, about Oates and the reason why we love him was uh, of course, he went through uh, – we went to that camp, that military camp, and he did every drill with the boys uh, there. And then I think there was a video come out the other day where he was actually running sprints or running courts with, uh, with the guys as well. So, I mean, he's not one of these coaches that go out there and do this. I'm not – you know, I'm not going to do it. He, he's out there with his guys. And, and I love that as a leader. And that just – that's just awesome to see. Uh, and, and another guy that I, I think has – has developed nicely is is Alex Reese, and yes. he's always been a really good shooter for for a big guy. Um, he's he's hovering right around his career average and, and three point percentage, but his rebounding is nearly double of what it was uh, his previous two years, and uh, I, I think his his defensive presence has really been surprising in the post. I don't know if that's just me, but he he seems like he's really improved. His ability to uh, to play defense in the post. Yeah, he's our only. I agree. He's our only like quote unquote rim protector because this team really doesn't have a rim protector. But he he leads the team in uh, blocks per game with just over one, and um, he's he's our only really big presence down low that we have after as we said earlier losing our two big guys, um, and it's exactly what we needed at this team. Yeah, and I just want to say real quick uh, on Kyra. Man, it was great to see him go off against K-State for, uh, you know, just show up Bruce Rebel a little bit, you know. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce should have gave him a little bit more, more playing time. Yeah, he, um, that game was obviously personal to him. And um, he came up big when we needed him once uh, John Petty had to sit down for a while after he got the, uh, the foul plus the technical, which gave him four. We kind of needed um, – we needed to turn somebody to get us on a run. And um, down that stretch, Kyra, Kyra was that guy for sure. Definitely. You, you mentioned having a rim protector. Could y'all imagine how great Dante Hall would be in this system? Oh, I, hate, I hate even thinking about it, honestly. I know it. Man, that, first of all, I don't know if y'all have been keeping up with him in, in the G League, but he is dominating G League. I mean, he is absolutely killing it. He's actually made seven three-pointers this year. He's seven of 19 from three. Well, he I doesn't doubt – I don't doubt that. He was a career 100% three-point shooter with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, always, I always wondered why he didn't take some threes at Alabama. I mean, he he really had a nice shot for a big guy. I mean, he had a nice shot, but if you remember correctly, I mean, he would take a lot of fifteen footers, and he could never get him to go. He he'd pop yeah. out down on the post, and I, I can't tell you how many uh, fifteen footers I've seen him miss. Right. Well, I, the fifteen footer, I'm with Nate Oates. That's about useless. It's, a, yeah. it's the worst shot in basketball. I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, but. Just to, real quick on Dante Hall, he's only playing a he's playing a brown. Uh, I just had it here. He's playing like twenty eight minutes a game. He's averaging fifteen points uh, and ten rebounds uh, a game. So he's in his first year in the G League, shooting uh, pretty much sixty six percent from the field, thirty seven percent from the three point line, and seventy five percent from the free throw line. So uh, 
That's really good to see. And you know, we, we all know what kind of rim protector he, he can be. It's an amazing what happens when you get a system that actually develops players. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It would, it, it would be incredible to have him this season. Our defense, our defense would be so. See, what, what the defense right now is is, I mean, they they give effort. It's not lack of effort, but we really do not have a, a rim protector whatsoever. I know when we were just bragging on Alex Reese and what he can do, but he's that's not his strong suit. He's not a he's not a great rim protector. But if we had Dante Hall protecting the rim, oh, I, this, this defense would be be really good, especially the way they. They, they guard with energy and effort, and, you know, they're always trying to, to, to get deflections. And, you know, Nate Oates is all about the hard hat, getting deflections, taking charges, and uh, that would be really fun to watch him. But he, he was just born one year too early. But I don't really have anything else to add, guys. That was really fun. Yeah, it was. Anthony, you got anything? Um, I will say this. Huge game coming up in, um, in Baton Rouge. Um you know, it, coming out of there with a win, um, you know, how likely it is, who knows. But I will say this team, this team is very beatable that we're about to go up against. I agree. Um, they, I mean, they got Skylar Mays and uh, Trendon Wadford and Emmett Williams. But, um, you know, I, I, watching that team play, they just look so beatable. I mean, they've lost a couple of questionable games. And um, they, haven't really, they haven't really proven themselves like – with any uh any solid or dominating wins so i mean we can go down there and uh get hot from the three-point line don't don't be surprised if we um if we end up winning this game and creating some noise around the sec that hey we're we're for real this year we're we're coming for we're coming for the sec this year i agree 100 we've got a five-game stretch here that that's you know they're going to test us we got like you said at lsu we got arkansas coming into town then tennessee and georgia then auburn so you know, I feel like if we go at least three and two in the next five, man, that that will be a boost of confidence. I I really feel like the way we're playing right now, we could potentially go four and one, maybe even undefeated in it. But it, I know Auburn is going to be tough at home because they're going to be ready after we blew them out. Well, you know, and and the thing about I've watched LSU play, I think two games this season, uh, and I think actually, yeah, both of them were SEC games, and. The thing about them is it, 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 they really kind of play into our favor. They're not a great defensive three-point team, mm-hmm. and they're not a great off three-point shooting team themselves. So I I really think that we can go down there and get that dub. If, if, we, if we shoot our average on the, on the three-point line, I think Alabama gets the win. I agree. It's, it's going to have to come down to how well we shoot it from, um, from the three-point line. I mean, when you saw it when we went into Rep Arena, we – we shot it about as bad as we possibly could from the three-point line, and we, I mean, we still took it down to the wire. So I yeah, mean, and, we, and Kentucky shot our, it better than they've shot it in like six years. Yeah, they went nine for fifteen and shot it, <laughs> shot it about as good as they possibly could. So if I mean, even if we shoot half our average, I can see us being in there at the end, and I can see us just pulling out a win out of there, and um, it would be great for this resume. I tell you what. Yeah, it it would it, it'd be a, I know Lenardi, and it's really early. It's I mean, it's super early. But I know Lenardi kind of still has us as one of the you know one of the first couple teams out out of the tournament. But a win Wednesday night would, in my opinion, have them in the tournament. You know, at that point in time. And I would like to say this to all the Alabama fans out there: 
it, it like you said, like you just touched on, it's way too early for uh, yeah. really. Like and Cecil Hurt touched on it too that um, the predictions don't matter in January, right? It matters how you're doing at the end of February and early March. So if we end up losing this game and lose a nail biter to Arkansas Saturday and lose two in a row, don't give up on this team. This team right. can still make a run late in the season and make maybe a little bit of a run in the SEC tournament. And bam, you're right back in the tournament. Yep. Yep. I agree 100%. All right, guys. Hey, uh, that was fun. Uh, hey, Anthony, real quick, why don't you tell everybody uh, how they can follow you on Twitter? I know they probably already are. but <laughs> If y'all aren't following me on Twitter, go ahead and give me a follow at, uh, at A-D-I-G-E-S-U-1-0 because I don't feel like pronouncing my last name because none of y'all will get it right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Anthony, we appreciate you being on, and uh, uh, we hope you'll get back on with us again soon. Oh, yeah, for sure. I uh, appreciate y'all having me on, and I'm uh, – I always love talking tight hoops with you guys. So anytime y'all want me on, I'm, I'm more than happy to do it. Sounds, Sounds good. good. Hey, real quick before we go, make sure you uh, you follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm at Blackwood89. I'm at Jake Thomas Tide. And uh, follow our uh, our Tide Talk podcast Twitter feed at Tide Talk underscore pod. And uh, you know, just shoot some shoot some Bama hoop stuff at us, and uh, we'll be glad to talk with you on Twitter or whatever, just whatever you want to talk about. And we just love talking about Alabama. That's so right. with that, uh, we'll see y'all next time. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide.